Alright creatures of the night, welcome to episode 113 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. Welcome to Talking Taker. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your co-hosts here and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, he can smell a pig from a mile away, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, we got that top let down and the sunshine shining on our time traveling hearse because you know we are traveling all the way back to No Mercy 2005 to talk about Undertaker versus Randy Orton and the Cowboy. Bob. Oh, I thought we were going. I thought we were going back to '99, dude. Kid Rock and the Cowboy, <laughs> love it. What a great song. <clears throat> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> great theme song for Jeff Jarrett. The old ripoff in WCW. It's, it's awesome. It's definitely top ten Kid Rock songs. I'll give it that. It's definitely top twenty-five Kid Rock. Songs. <laughs> <laughs> top forty-eight Kid Rock songs. Without a doubt, unquestionably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't name. Never mind. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said never mind. <laughs> anyway. Well, we're heading back to No Mercy 2005. And uh, get ready, folks. This is going to be double wide, double deep, because we're talking about our first ever handicap casket match. Two on one. Can you believe this? Two on one. When two become one. All right, yeah, man. Two on one handicap match. This is the first time. It's weird to think this would be the first one. It took from like 1990 to 2005 for him to have a handicap casket match. I don't yeah, feel like it's that big of a stretch to like think about that. No, <laughs> like, I mean Rumble '94 was, like, yeah. was basically a handicap <laughs> casket match. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Twelve guys throwing them in there, but never officially until this moment. So that's something true. fun, something different, something exciting. You know, that's one of the great things about Undertaker is he's always got unique gimmick matches, so many different ones, so many signature ones, and this is a fun little twist on there, and who would have ever thought he'd be facing Cowboy Bob Orton in a match in 2005 <laughs> either, so. <laughs> who would have thought that Cowboy Bob Orton would be alive in <laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, man. man, he was, he had his own health issues that we'll get into <laughs> next, next week's episode. <laughs> That'll be fun to talk about, but let's not delay any further. Let's take that hearse into high gear, take it back to SmackDown on the week after SummerSlam 2005, where we last left off with Randy Orton stealing a victory over The Undertaker at SummerSlam with the help of Cowboy Bob wearing his brilliant disguise and ripping it off Mission Impossible style. And or maybe Eric Bischoff style, ripping that makeup and mask off his face to reveal their master plan as the Orton stole Chapter Two away from the Undertaker in this uh, this tetralogy, I believe, or, or mm, quadrology, yeah, whatever you want to call it. This four match cinematic series. I remember when the Alien Quadrilogy came out on like ah, DVD. Yes, I mean, that was like a, I'd never heard that before. Quadrilogy, that was like a big deal. I was like, oh, cool. But the only ones you need to watch are one and two, so just skip the rest of the Alien movies. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, uh... Nope. Okay, all right. The new one? Uh, what's the new one? A- Alien... Prometheus? Covenant? Yeah, I oh, liked I Prometheus. I, didn't I never like saw Covenant. Covenant. Nah, it was... No, I didn't care Yeah, for I think it. you told me not to watch it, so I didn't. Nah, I trusted you. <laughs> didn't didn't <laughs> do anything for me. 
Never saw it. Well, this episode of SmackDown begins with the Cowboy himself opening the show with just a big old grin on his face. He is decked out in his Garth Brooks collection outfit, you know, <laughs> tractor supply, sponsorship. Yes. He's ready to go and introduces his boy, Randy Orton. And Randy Orton is coming out celebrating to opening this episode of SmackDown. And, you know, what better to move on from in a match with The Undertaker than a match with... The Alabama Slammer himself, <laughs> Hardcore Holly. Oh, man, yeah, and that's, uh, I don't remember that nickname. I remember that move called the Alabama Slam, but I do not remember him being literally introduced as. The following contest is scheduled for one fall approaching the ring from Mobile, Alabama, weighing in at 242 pounds, the Alabama Slammer, Hardcore Holly. It's canon. Tony Chimmel yeah. oh, said it. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's real. So, but um, one thing about this match is like they're presenting it like a big deal, like because he's gonna def- like he's gonna go up against another quote unquote legend, I guess here you know from the Attitude Era. So I thought that was kind of neat. I guess nobody ever thinks of Harker Holly as a legend, but he was here. You know, <laughs> he thinks of himself as a legend. The big <laughs> I got shot <an> deal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, though, man. We give him crap, but I'm not going to lie. This match was freaking great. <laughs> yes, it was. Probably the best Randy Orton hardcore Holly match you'll ever see, man. It's a really long, <laughs> old-school match. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it was fun. And uh, Randy does pick up the victory uh, with the RKO here, so he's riding high on that momentum. And uh, he gets him – the Orton family get interviewed backstage by uh, a guy we – couldn't figure out who he was last week. Still don't know who he is. Steve Romero backstage. Who? Yeah, throw him in there in the closet with Lucas and uh, some of these other randos. <laughs> They're in the WWE archives somewhere. Just hanging We're out. We're going to get another one next week's episode, too. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, Randy's gloating. He's happy. And he talks about his dad teaching him a lot back in the day, like never forgetting about those less fortunate than him. So. He pulls out a copy of The Undertaker's new DVD release called Tombstone. And he says he is going to put this DVD up for auction. He's going to autograph it and donate the proceeds to a great cause. The Undertaker's Retirement Fund. Which is just a great (laughs) heel promo. Really funny line. I I thought it was a great touch. Oh yeah, it was perfect work. And uh, it it was really reminiscent of his uh, smarmy... R&N, Randy, Randy News Network kind of character he had going on there. And if only thing would have made it better is if he had said, I'll be your Huckleberry, because Tombstone. That would have been fantastic. Oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you pick this DVD up back in the day? I did not have this one at all, man. I don't think you did either, did you? No. Did you it, have it? I, don't, I didn't have a lot of like exclusives on there, yeah. which is what always gets me to buy the DVDs. Exactly. not on pay-per-view and special stuff like that, so... However, we apparently would have had a chance to have gotten this, as we'll get into coming up soon here. (laughs) Maybe we should have. (laughs) Exactly. Well, uh, that's it for Taker and Orton on this night, but I do want to uh, touch on a couple other uh, important notes from this episode of SmackDown. we got a couple big debuts on this episode that we should mention. Uh, One being, one of these debuts ended up being a lot more important than the other one, but uh, maybe two guys that didn't quite live up to their potential here. Uh, One guy goes by the name of Palmer Cannon. And, uh, yeah, 
if you don't remember this one, he came in as the SmackDown Network representative here for a few months, and he is going to be kind of the foil to Teddy Long, doing literally the same character that Cyrus, uh, Don Callis, the Jackal mm-hmm. played in the dying days of ECW, and played far superior Golly, to Paul yeah. So... Cyrus was so good at because he's really like that in real life. Like, he's just a jerk. So it was perfect. And bless this guy, Cyrus. This guy didn't have – this Palmer Gannon was some developmental guy that never wrestled on TV. He'll be gone in about six months. But um, whew, it was rough, man. He had charisma of a – I mean, a vacuum. It was awful. And I don't know why they didn't just get Cyrus to do this role. Right. It would have been right. so much better. Don he wasn't House doing, doing nothing in 05. <laughs> But, you know, WWE's got that great writing because, you know, his name, Palmer Cannon, his initials are PC. Exactly. Get it? (laughs) He's from the network trying to clean (laughs) up SmackDown. (laughs) Not so subtle jab there at UPN from uh, Vincent Mann there after Hmm. the whole uh, Muhammad Hassan debacle. Cool. So. Yeah, exactly. I guess we have Undertaker <laughs> to thank for Paul McCannon, that whole feud. Brought... Let's, no, no. <laughs> yeah, let's not put that on Taker. But uh, uh, another reason not to like Paul McCannon is he's a huge Randy Orton fan, and he tells Teddy Long he wants to see more of him on SmackDown. And Teddy, you know, he's a big Undertaker fan, and he warns Paul McCannon, you know, don't count Undertaker out. Randy Orton might be teasing him and taunting him, but Undertaker's always got something up his sleeve, and Teddy Long promises to give the audience something up his sleeve later on in this night, and uh, that is a lingerie pillow fight between, and I quote, I've got two divas that I know can shake that levitaffy. Christy Hemme and SmackDown's newest acquisition, the babe of the year, Stacey Keebler. Wow. Was that song popular in 05? To Teddy like Long, it was. He still got it on repeat. <laughs> like We've had lots of late 90s, early 2000s rap here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Fat Joe sing about that? Fat Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> I don't know. Well, man, just as business is about to pick up here, you know, we, we talked about all the different ways you can guarantee someone's going to get over as a baby face. Come mm-hmm. out on a motorcycle, come out of a box, spam your finisher on everybody. Palmer Cannon displays a surefire way to get heel heat, Travis. Because What's he that? comes out just as we're about to get this beautiful lingerie pillow fight. I'm here, I'm ready for it. I got my popcorn made, I'm ready to enjoy this. And. Palmer Cannon comes out and calls the match off because it does not meet the network standards. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a surefire way to get heat. You're right, man. That's like RTC stuff, man. Said This guy doesn't hold a candle to my RTC. (laughs) A poor man's right to censor. This guy couldn't shine his shoes on right to censor. And you would, as an official right to censor member, you can say that. I can. I can. I've been... uh, I've been uh, brought into the family. Yeah. That's a good father. So. <laughs> uh, Shake That Life Tavi came out in 05, by the way, by oh, D4L is yeah. the name of the rapper. So that's a pretty timely or, reference right there. Yeah. Good job, Teddy. <laughs> nice. Well, just one other quick mention for the SmackDown. Another guy we are going to talk a lot about in 2006. He debuted somebody who had a ton of potential and, eh, you know, not quite the level of Palmer Cannon, but maybe didn't quite live up to that potential quite the same way. 
Mr. Kennedy debuts on this episode of SmackDown. Getting Kennedy. Thank you. <laughs> he gets a huge win over Funaki, you know, starting off strong. But uh, yes. huge. <laughs> he had been on Velocity during this time, and man, I mm. I watched Velocity like you watched WCW Saturday Night. I love man. Velocity. I, I, I never missed an episode for a it while. Was awesome. Uh, so I knew Kennedy before he was on SmackDown. I thought this guy was going to be a star, and WWE thought he was going to be a star, and uh, you know he did star in the Marine Three, I believe. But three, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about his rise and fall here on the show. He's got a wrestling school with Sean Devari that they both yeah. run together. It so, all works out. Yeah, in Minnesota. So, good for them. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk more about him as 06 comes into play. And I think 07 a little bit, too. Maybe I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, that about does it for that episode, I think. That's going to take us to SmackDown on September uh, 1st, uh, 2005. And um, I believe this is going to be the last SmackDown on Thursday nights we're going to cover because they're moving. Uh, again, that little jab at the network is... Uh, Randy Orton, not Randy Orton, Palmer Cannon is supposed to represent UPN because they're going to move SmackDown to Friday nights in place of uh, in place uh, Everybody Hates Chris in place of SmackDown on Thursdays. So I'm sure Vince didn't take that too lightly, as we'll see as we get into this real quick. So <laughs> SmackDown September 1st, Cowboy Bob Orton in a great Western shirt, again from the Burlington Coat Factory Western Classic special section. He's got that on and Allow me to introduce to you the man who killed the legend of The Undertaker. The future of this business, my boy, the legend killer Randy Arta. <laughs> my boy. You can't, can't help but hear Jim Barnett, so my boy. Well, how's he saying? I <laughs> that's forgot. It. That's <laughs> good. Anyway, um, Randy comes out, and he's going to take on Rey Mysterio in the main event, as Michael Cole tells us. And um, Again, Randy says Bob told him as a kid that he'd be the greatest wrestler in the world, and that every legend in the business would fall at his feet one day, and calls Bob a genius and says, I mean, I'm just asking you guys in the audience. And he's like, has anybody seen The Undertaker you know, since I beat him? And uh, Which, you know what? Fair play. That's true. We have not <laughs> seen him, so very good call there. But um, he says, you know, if you guys truly do love and respect Taker, you're going to go bid on his new signed DVD on WWE.com. So Randy's a corporate shill. That's fine. I love it. But, um, product placement, product integration. Yeah. I like it. Absolutely, man. He was ahead of the curve there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's um, he's him, him, Bob signed that DVD that they promoted last week, Tombstone, and they're going to – Going to put it up for auction on WWE.com, and all the proceeds, like you said, will go to the retirement fund. And Randy says that he'll even, he's such a good guy, he'll even match the highest bid. So all that evolution money is going to be coming out. He's going to be using it, <laughs> uh, I guess. So he's going to bring the proceeds next week to the first ever Friday Night SmackDown, which, how timely is that? The SmackDown in real life is back on Friday night. So kind of weird how things. Uh, change and become the same in wrestling. I know, but, man. How many times has that happened as we've done this podcast? It's kind of crazy. I know. It's been fascinating. That's one of the most fascinating things about doing this is seeing how much things stay the same when they change. So it's crazy in this crazy business that we all know and love. So anyway, he challenges Taker to show up and accept the retirement fund um, next week. And if not, he's going to bury that legend that he killed at SummerSlam even further. So he beats Randy. I mean, he beats uh, Rey Mysterio later on with the RKO and um, 
they got a pretty good match there, as you might imagine. And anyway, uh, in my opinion, like he, it's a really good way to build to build a heel here because he's getting wins over. You know, like I said, Harker Holly is who he is, but he's he's established. You know, um, Randy Ray Mysterio is established. You know, he's he's a legend even at this point, and Randy's getting these wins over them. So, great way to build a heel up to this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, remember that. Come screeching halt. Here. Remember that moment, folks, because this is going to be Randy Orton's high point during this rivalry, <laughs> uh, at least until we get to the pay per view here. Yep, right. It's going to be a long few weeks for the Orton family uh, as we head into, as you mentioned, SmackDown moving back to Friday nights, the Friday night delight television that's changing Friday nights here in 2005, as Michael Cole and Taz would tell you, and Paul McCannon, I guess. Uh, it's also in Atlanta, Georgia. How about yeah. that, man? Again, How we're not there. <laughs> no. We got a few shows that we will be at in 2006, though. So that will that will begin to change uh, shows that come down to the Georgia area. But as for now, this will be one that we're not at. And of course, SmackDown's back on Friday nights. You got to have the King of Gong style returning for this <laughs> big moment. He's here to collect on that retirement fund. And he wasn't on the SmackDown on Fox, the first one. He was advertised for it, but he wasn't on it. Yeah, and then I saw. Subject, did you see? On, did you see on Instagram that he was I, asked about it? Of course. And what did he say? I said he wasn't needed, brother. <laughs> I wasn't needed. <laughs> Whichever I'm, idiot I'm said in that memo should be fu- <laughs> fired immediately. Absolutely. Whoever He's, told Taker's not needed should be fired. Yeah, I think it was Vince McMahon, so fire him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Dude, unbelievable, man. Very. Oof. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, a lot of comments on that one, but maybe, maybe he's going to be needed for this next Saudi show. I don't know. Who knows, man? Maybe mysterious times in Taker World here, but he is here for this big SmackDown episode, and he calls out Randy Orton. Says at SummerSlam, you and your father had your fun at my expense, but uh, you can hide behind all the rubber masks that you like, but you can't hide from the dead man. And soon. You will find out what death and the Undertaker have in common. We wait for no man. So Randy Orton does come out. The Orton family entered the arena, and Randy's got this nice big, you know, publisher's clearinghouse giant check for $1,416 that they raised for the Undertaker Retirement Fund from selling this DVD of Tombstone. Uh, not of Tombstone, but the Undertaker of Tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some mark at home bought this DVD for seven hundred and eight dollars. What a this steal! Same, <laughs> <It laughs> great steal. deal. Man. Autographed by the Ordens. <laughs> Hall of Famer and future Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's right. Man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's insane. So Randy matched it, and we got four one thousand four hundred sixteen bones. So, do you think you think any of our creatures of the night have this DVD in their collection? Do you think they're the ones uh, that purchased it? Yes, I think it's one guy. <laughs> I think it's Randy Turco. <laughs> Randy, we need to see this. <laughs> Seriously, if anyone out there purchased the Orton Family Special DVD <laughs> for seven hundred fifty-two, whatever it was, fifty-eight, eight dollars, <laughs> please let us know. 
I want to know who it was. If you're related to or know of the person that bought it, please let us know. We will match that price and buy it. No, I'm just kidding. We just want to see it. $14.16. Oh, yes. I'll gladly Without that. question. Yeah. Well, they come out. Randy's, you know, all cocky and arrogant. I love that we're getting a three-week feud over a DVD here. But <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's not going to cycle back in 2019, I don't think. But No. Um Randy signs the check over to Undertaker and tells Taker, Undertaker, let me present to you your retirement fund in the amount of $1,416. If you want it, come get it. Ooh, wow. Okay. Well, Taker is obviously none too pleased with all this. And as we've seen in recent weeks, uh, when The Undertaker begins to rage, his powers start to go crazy. He's basically like Eleven from Stranger Things. He just can't it's control perfect. his powers. <laughs> it. Yeah. So he rolls his eyes back, the gong hits, the video screen begins to flicker, and then lightning strikes at the Orton's feet. And then the Orton's stumble back, and the check behind them goes up into flames. And as Michael Cole notes, the legend of The Undertaker is not dead yet. So his music plays, and the lights go out, and Undertaker just burned $1,416 to the ground, man. Must be He's nice. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. He might could use that in 2019, except they weren't. They didn't need him in SmackDown. Exactly. Surely he'd gotten more than that. But <laughs> yeah, he's like the Joker in the Dark Knight, where he just burns the money. He's like, it's not about the money. He's just about making a statement. You know. <laughs> so and that's what the Dark Knight was based on. This episode of SmackDown. That's right. Of course it was. Christopher Nolan loves WWE. Huge WWE fan <laughs> under the radar. <laughs> Well, uh, just to note that next week, before the main event, uh, Teddy and Palmer Cannon announced that we are going to get Chapter 3 of this rivalry as Randy Orton is going to go one-on-one with the Undertaker. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> dude, there's something about watching Teddy Long in these, like in this era. He is just, dude, all his little dances he does and the holla, hollas, and he just... You know he's loving his paydays, man. He's just he's coming to work and he's loving it. He's the world's biggest Undertaker fan, man. <laughs> yeah, he is. I hope when Taker time... finally goes in the Hall of Fame, Teddy Long introduces him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope next time Undertaker wrestles, Teddy Long's just in the crowd with a big oversized Undertaker shirt and foam urn, and they don't mention it at all. He's just in the crowd, just like raising the roof. Yeah, raising the roof. <laughs> or. What if the build up to the crown jewel, whoever it is, calls? Or maybe he'll just come out. He'll be like a guest GM on Raw, and he'll just say, "Elias, you're going one on one with the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia." <laughs> They're just pulling. <laughs> maybe you know. Obviously, no one can replace Paul Bearer. But what if Tay Long just managed the Undertaker <laughs> to the end of his career? <laughs> That'd be fine by me. Taker's doing his just ten minute entrance, and Teddy's just. <laughs> Dancing out there (laughs) the whole time. Oh, it'd be great. Oh, man, we can dream, can't we? Can't be any worse than that Hell in a Cell match we just watched in real life. So, anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us to SmackDown uh, September 16th. Another one of those raw SmackDown hybrid tapings. It's weird to see with the the neat kind of hybrid set. But, anyway... We see, uh, like I said, like I said, Randy and Undertaker are going to be the main event tonight, which, again, 
that's got to be your main event if that's on the episode of SmackDown. That's oh, a yeah. big match. So rematch from the SummerSlam and uh, from WrestleMania. So <clears throat> we're going to see Cowboy Bob backstage in front of a U-Haul. Uh, wonder how much they pay to be on TV here. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. a super advertisement for them. <laughs> All about the product placement in 05. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, a big old U-Haul and Grandy, Grandy, excuse me, Randy meets him. Grandy's is like a mom and pop, like, Bob's place. That's Bob Orton Sr. Yes. Grandy. <laughs> I'm done. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Grandy, Bob, and Randy. Take her easy. Holy crap. Right. Yeah. Well, Randy's like, I'm glad you made it, Dad. And you know, it's a surprise in the truck. And um, the, Bob assures him it is. And uh, he's like, you know, since you're finally here, it's time for the legend of the Undertaker to die. So later on throughout the night, we see them peeking in the back of the door of the U-Haul. And they kind of close the door quietly, the back door. And Bob and Randy tells Bob that, you know, you know what to do when time is right. So, um, again, the main event is Randy versus Taker. And um, commentary keep talking about how how weird it is that Bob is absent. Oh, where has he been? And I just I'm like, dude, where have you been? Because <laughs> they stated on the show that when the time is right, he will come out. So, what is wrong with you, Michael Cole? It's oh. incredible to see their intelligence just dipping and dipping Plumbing. and dipping <laughs> every week, man. Yeah, it really is. It's just oh, it's so dumb. Uh, I don't want to be insulted like that, but anyway. Um, anyway, so uh, after a big old superplex by Randy to take her, uh, Randy motions to the back for Bob to, to bring the U-Haul out. And, of course, Bob's not driving. He doesn't have his CDL. So <laughs> he has to get somebody else, some Klondike bills from the back to pull the – uh, Ralphus's. Ralph I. What's more than one Ralphus? is a Ralph I, I think. So, yeah. The black Ralphus's, top bully. Black <laughs> – yeah, these these uh, roadies in white black shirts and black pants bring out the U-Haul, and um, they get out of the back of the or out of it, and they wheel the a big old casket down the loading ramp. But they just stop it on the ramp, like it's at an angle, and um, things break down in the match, and they're they're on the outside. Randy and Taker are, and Taker's got Randy on his shoulder, and uh, goes to open the casket to reveal the Undertaker inside. Wait, I guess they what? Yes, a uh, wife-like image, I believe is what Michael Gold says, uh, is inside there, which is, you know, that's the oldest trick in the book of the casket match buildup. So, you know, Diesel did it. <laughs> Diesel did Heidenreich it. did it. Heidenreich did it. Kane did it. Kane did it, yeah. Did it. So, it's a classic, you know, uh, classic uh, intimidation factor when you're building to a casket match. So, anyway... Taker's taking it back a little bit by it. Randy capitalizes on distraction, hits a RKO. Ref bump. It's a lot of schmoz right here going on. Anyway, long story short, um, Bob winds up taking this horrifying bump, like, through the ropes, just straight to the floor. Like, at his age, he's like 50-something years old, and he should not be bumping that way. So, But um, after that, though, Taker's going to hit a tombstone on Randy, and Brian Hebner wakes up and counts three, and... Taker's won the third match of their series, just clean, clean as mean. a whistle. I mean, yeah, there was schmoz before that, but it didn't lead to the finish. I mean, no. he yeah, he like, won with his finisher, like, yeah. and so it's like, what more is there to tell? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't get it. It's like, 
Yeah, no I, else there is to do. I was very confused watching this, man, because, yeah. like, obviously Randy does all that crazy interference and has the image of the Undertaker in the casket, and then... Yeah, two they, rep bumps. Like, yeah, the match just keeps going and going and going, and Taker wins, and it's like, don't we have three more weeks to go to this pay-per-view? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know. What is happening, it, man? It was very 2019 of them. Like, that didn't happen a lot back in 05, but nowadays that's how feuds start. They start with a match, and then they feud about the match, and then they feud again, and then they keep w- winning and trading losses. But back then they really protected that a lot. So I don't know. It was curious booking, in my opinion. So. Yes, especially – Considering what else is going to happen going into this <laughs> yeah. feud, too, as Undertaker must have just said, all right, uh, he must have seen the results for No Mercy, what was going to happen. He's like, well, let me tell you what's going to happen on the road to <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes us to September 23rd, 2005, and the... Casket motif continues on as Cowboy Bob was preparing a funeral service in the ring. And uh, I guess, you know, I guess they invest in that casket from last week and they're going to get their money's worth out of it because mm-hmm. they transport it here to this episode of SmackDown. And again, it looks like Undertaker got a pretty decisive win on this rivalry, but they're <laughs> yeah. continuing to taunt him. And uh, Sideshow Bob calls out the future of SmackDown, his son, Randy Orton. My and boy. <laughs> Randy says he he's still somehow cocky after losing yeah. to a three-count Undertaker last week because he says he truly won because he got in Taker's head with the mind games. Now everybody thinks last week the Undertaker beat me. True, he got the one, two, three. But Undertaker, I beat you mentally. Again, Seemed like Taker no. handled those mind games pretty well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Randy talks about this lifelike mannequin that he had constructed and opens the casket up. And the uh, mannequin looks particularly lifelike tonight uh, because it is mm. the Undertaker <laughs> lying in the casket. And just a great moment cinematography-wise, the way that they framed it. Undertaker is just laying in the casket and he just slowly opens one eye up and kind of glances over at Randy while the camera zoomed in on him and the crowd loves it. They eat it up. I'm sure it was, you know, must've been on the big screen uh, in the back there with Mm Orton's backs to it, but they see what's going on. It's so like Bugs Bunny, like cartoonish, but but it works, man. It works because it's Undertaker. Yeah. Like if this had been, I don't know, Triple H and Batista, it would have been like, seriously, so, but it, it works because it's Taker. So, and he doesn't like he doesn't poke his head out and like right. wave to the crowd or <laughs> like anything. Like the Miz would. Yeah. <laughs> or Cena. Imagine the Miz doing that. Yeah, John Cena. <laughs> well, yeah, he just opens one eye and then closes him back up again. Yeah. And as Randy goes and he starts talking to the mannequin, or what he thinks is the mannequin, Undertaker pops his hand up and goozles Randy, hops out of the casket, tosses the Ortons out of the ring, lays a beat down on him. And like I said, man, the crowd just eats it up. It's so cartoonish and goofy, and you could see what was coming a mile away. But again, the Undertaker is the Undertaker, yeah. and he can pull this stuff off. And it just, I, I laughed at it watching it on the couch 15 years later. Oh, yeah. Man. It was still, still really well done. 
But sometimes when you see things going my way, that's okay. You know, we yeah. definitely like to be surprised and be swerved, bro. But like sometimes the story's okay just to tell like it's supposed to go. <laughs> and like it's a, yeah, sometimes you can see things coming, but it's it's fine, you know? That's another lesson for 2019. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to overthink this sort of stuff. <sighs> well, uh, another thing in 2019, another quick mention here, a guy who's still on the roster in 2019 that debuts <laughs> on this episode of SmackDown. I, I forget some, I forgot he was on the roster until he started making out with Lana on Monday Night Raw a couple weeks ago. But Bobby Lashley makes his <laughs> SmackDown debut. Again, just a huge momentum boost, uh, getting a victory over Simon Dean on this episode of SmackDown to Your start his career. I love me some Dean. <laughs> I was I on the Simon Nova. system. <laughs> the Simon system. Oh, man. You know, I used yeah. to have uh, – he used to have a number, uh, a phone number, on yeah. his little vignettes that you could call in for the Simon system. I used to have it saved in my phone. and It worked for years. Mm-hmm. You would call and you'd like have like this five-minute message on there with Simon Dean talking to you. And uh, I would give it out as a fake number to people sometimes, too. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> Bruce Pritchard just talked about that on his podcast recently. Did he? About the Simon Dean, yeah. Oh, he had a hide-and-wreck story, too, but I'll say that for later. Uh, please. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Simon Dean, man. But Bobby Lashley looks identical to himself now. Like, he's like, what's that Will Smith movie, too? And I mean, <laughs> could have been Bobby Lashley. Lashley. <laughs> Against himself. Except you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Except, yeah, actually, never mind. It wouldn't be like that. He'd be identical. So, yeah. Whew. But, tell you what, you want to get over on, on Raw, just make out with Lana. So. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the map. <laughs> She's the uh, Sunny of 2019. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope she goes down a different path. Uh, she's already in. <laughs> anyway. Yep, move on. Anyway. I can't control well, I myself this... here. I'm going to mute my <laughs> mic here. <laughs> a much better path toward No Mercy. Uh, Smackdown on September 30th, 05. We, we learned that at No Mercy, the Orton family values are going to take on the undertaker in the first ever handicap casket match it's official now so again cowboy bob this dude is getting so much screen time 2000 he's getting more screen time in 05 than he did back in like 85 he's <laughs> like, eating it up man yeah oh yeah well he's got his cut off sleeve shirt tucked in his wranglers like he's a uh, walker texas ranger or something <laughs> and he gets on the mic and tells them i'm a hall of famer and one tough SOB. And the night taker, I'm calling you out. And he's the commentary is like, whoa, 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 we could smell a rat. So, um, since of course Randy is not with him. So, anyway, and pretty much on cue, Bob says that Randy's not going to get involved in his match tonight, and he's going to get his hands on Taker at No Mercy, which is what I'm going to have for you tonight, Taker. No mercy. So trying to get those puns in there as best as they can. You so. gotta work them in. Oh yeah, it's like a corporate mandate. Like for whenever, uh, like remember Great Balls of Fire the other year. Like they said that so much, the best they could. They but did. anyway, I just yeah. Anyway, well of course uh, you call out the Undertaker. He's gonna he's gonna answer even when he's not cashing in PTO. So he comes out and interrupts when his music and walks amongst the smoke and. Um, Cole, you know, they talk about the handicap match, and Michael Cole's like, I have no idea what that's going to be like since I've never seen one. And it's really 
not that hard to imagine what it's going to be like because it's just going to be two guys versus one in a handicap match. Not but, that different. And, well, they clearly don't, don't have an idea about the rules as we're going to get to the, the match here coming up soon. But anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to get The Undertaker versus Cowboy Bob here in 2005. So Can you believe tell me, it? Tell me you saw that coming when we started this 113 episodes ago. Tell me a lie. And I'll call you a liar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy, but um. Anyway, um, they uh, in a, w- a weird like bit of foreshadowing. I don't know if you noticed this. I had it in my notes, though. But Bob like slides out of the ring, like like Randy Orton will come to do like as the Viper. It was kind of neat, like to see that because he's not the Viper character yet. But I don't know. I didn't yeah. realize how much of that like those mannerisms that Bob still had too. You know that Randy took from his dad. So it was fascinating for me to see that. That's kind of cool. Back then, yeah. But anyway. Um, Bob actually winds up calling for a timeout in the middle of the match. He's like, <laughs> look at the ref. He's like, timeout, timeout. So probably legitimately, man, because he. <laughs> oh yeah, suck and win, man. He did like he hadn't had a match in WWE in 15 years, and done like he had a gym in 15 years. Either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, the ref gets bumped, and uh, he hits uh, Taker with a uh, Death Valley blow, and Randy comes in, and they basically hit the New Day's finisher, the the Midnight Hour or whatever it's called, and. Taker kicks out, and um, the ref gets bumped again. So this is the second week in a row we've had two ref bumps in the, <laughs> in the match. Or three weeks in a row, I guess, but whatever. But hey, anyway. Mean, this ref is legally dead for about ten minutes, yeah. dude, oh, yeah. from a light shove from Cowboy yes. Bob. It's the most it's like, ridiculous ref spot. It's like WrestleMania X7 all over again. Man. Yeah. It's just, he's dead. So, Again, after the ref gets bumped that last time, Taker nails a tombstone on Bob, and then he goes and picks up Brian Hebner by his belt and just (laughs) by one hand picks him up, just slings him across the ring. And, of course, that wakes up Brian Hebner because who wouldn't be woken up by a jolt like that? So anyway, and he he counts to three, and uh, uh, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing match here. Just five stars, man. Just only for the slinging of the referee there. I did so, it right there. That was a bad. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the commentary keep putting over how, um, you know, Taker's always one step ahead of the Ortons and then he's the master of the mind games in the casket match. And I'd say, yeah, he's going to be one step ahead the whole entire rest of this build up. So. He's about six steps ahead already, man. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's down the street, uh, around the corner. He, uh, yeah. He's pinned. Randy Orton and Bob Orton. And, yeah. And now he still has to face them on paper. Both of them, <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the, the what's the saying? Like the sum is better than, the, the whole is better than some of their parts, whatever that old saying is. I don't know. I guess individually they're not as tough as they are together. So we'll see about that. We so, shall see. Yeah. Well, later on, Vince meets Teddy Long. He goes back on tele- television, Vince does, and he meets uh, Teddy Long and PC backstage and Wants to know what Teddy's got involved was what Teddy's got in mind for SmackDown's involvement on the Raw Homecoming show, which shouldn't even be a sentence because it's Raw's Homecoming. But he wants to know what SmackDown's going to have to be, um, what their appearance is going to be like there because a uh, Raw is returning home to the USA Network for the first time in I guess um, five years. So yeah, Raw's going back home and SmackDown's changing nights. So. Is what it is. Again, yeah, it all goes full circle here in 2019. Yeah. yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, Raw Homecoming. This took place on October 3rd, 2005. A huge moment, huge episode of Monday Night Raw. And uh, remember watching it for sure. 
uh, had a lot of classic mm-hmm. stuff on there. The Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, 30-minute Iron Man oh, match. Man. Uh, just a lot of, I think, John Cena, Eric Bischoff, I believe, is on this episode of Raw. <laughs> Another classic. Yeah. Is this one where he buries him or gets that rid of him? Or is that, that's later weeks. on. That's yeah. in November, I think. Yeah. No Undertaker, surprisingly, on this episode of Raw. Hey, it wasn't needed. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Teddy Long's going to bring his six top superstars from SmackDown, and for some reason, I guess <laughs> Taker had PTO, man. Oh, yeah. He doesn't work Mondays. That. He doesn't work Mondays. But one of the guys Teddy Long was not going to take was Randy Orton, but he's going to show up anyway as the show opens off with Piper's Pit featuring Mick Foley and... Piper and Mick Foley are just soaking in the adulation of the crowd, and Piper's trying to get Mick Foley to return to the ring. But the Orton family interrupts here. Uh, Cowboy Bob, actually, in a nice touch, is wearing a neck brace, selling the tombstone from last week. So uh, no no arm brace, but he's got a neck brace on, uh, mm-hmm. which is funny. And Mick oh, Foley yeah. <laughs> uh, questions why Randy is here. He says, you've got another legend you got to deal with on Sunday. <laughs> And Randy just loses it, man. He cuts off Foley yeah. and just lays into him and Piper's. And he's allowed to be wherever he wants. And he really goes into Piper saying Piper would be nothing without his dad. And uh, kind of a funny promo here as he says, I want to talk to that man, Rowdy Roddy Piper. You look great, kid. I'm- Shut your mouth. One more word out of you and I will drop you where you stand. If it wasn't for my father, you'd be nothing. If it wasn't for my father, there'd be no Piper's Pit. When I was a kid, I used to have to watch my dad come home from being on the road, all black and blue, bruised up, hurt, in pain, arm in a cast. Why did he get out of it? Pain, suffering. What did you get out of it? MTV spots, movies, main event at WrestleMania. You know what? It makes me sick. (laughs) (laughs) And Piper just takes it all uh, that Randy's giving him. Randy finally ends up shoving him, and Piper doesn't even say a thing. He just shoves Randy back, and they get down in a little cat fight. Uh, Piper's shirt gets torn up, and uh, the crowd loves it, man. Again, Piper's just like Taker. He can pretty much sell anything. Uh, the oh, crowd's yeah. going to be into it, whatever he's doing, even when Piper's in his 50s here. But uh, Randy, or excuse me, Foley pulls Piper up, and Cowboy Bob pulls Randy up. They're trying to keep each other apart. But then Cowboy Bob just turns around and sucker punches Mick Foley. Randy gives Piper an RKO, and then gives another one to Foley here. as uh, he He's, he's got to get something over on somebody, because he's not getting anything exactly. over on Taker. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Some legend's got to go down to him because the one he's trying to kill is not. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to get some sort of momentum going in the pay-per-view. Yeah. Here. yeah. Then, uh, then the show ends with this big brawl between the SmackDown guys and the Raw guys. They're already starting the build here for Survivor Series where it's going to be Raw versus SmackDown. And I swear, Travis, I swear to you that uh, as the brawl is happening, as the SmackDown troops and the Raw troops come out... Jerry Lawler loudly proclaims to us your favorite phrase here. He says on commentary, as clear as day, here comes the Calvary. Oh my goodness, man. 
it's Michael Cole's stupidity is permeated over to Raw. It's infectious. It's a disease, man. He's not even out there. Joey Styles is out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey was on Raw. That's weird. I forgot about that. Yeah, brief oh, time man. on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, here comes the Calvary, which is not true, as we've covered here on Dog and Taker. And if you're new to this episode, it's Cavalry. If you're new to this show, it's Cavalry. Cavalry. Calvary is a mountain where Jesus was crucified. Cavalry is the the militia on horses. Horseback. <laughs> if we With, teach people nothing else on this podcast, if no one learns anything about Undertaker, I hope people learn that. Yes. Number one. WWE hooked on phonics. Worked for me. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Daggum. Cole's stupidity. Anyway, well, that's going to bring us to the go-home show for No Mercy. Um, and uh, Teddy Long and Palmer Cannon are going to open the show. Um, and they're inviting Raw wrestlers to No Mercy to the Sunday to see what they're, you know, they're going to do. Again, like you said, they're building the long game here to, to No Mercy. Because um, this pay per view, no, excuse me, they're building the Survivor Series right. because No Mercy is a uh, just a SmackDown brand pay per view. So, and I'll be honest with you, I think that um, SmackDown's running low on talent here because mm-hmm. um, and it's going to really hit next month after we talk about Eddie Guerrero's passing and everything. But because um, they're going to do a lot more Raw SmackDown interpromotional stuff after even after um, going into Survivor Series and stuff like that. So it's kind of weird. I think they're just. Running low in the gas tank on stars, man, unfortunately. So I don't know what the deal is. but yeah, That's why they're bringing in Bobby Lashley and the Boogeyman. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you the know, while, the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and those guys. Yeah, the wild card rule was alive and in, in living color back then. But anyway, um, well, the Ortons are going to come out and interrupt Palmer Cannon and Teddy Long. And uh, Randy says he's interrupting just like he did on Raw. And um, uh, he tells those guys to leave the ring, and Teddy's like, I don't want that to happen. But Palmer's like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a big Randy Orton mark, you know, Palmer Cannon is. And he says, you know, we'll leave by, by all means. So um, <clears throat> Randy uh, addresses Undertaker and says, in 48 hours, you will finally rest in peace. He hopes that Taker's watching tonight because tonight another legend's going to die. Um, they're going to make a sacrifice by killing the legend of Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, again, if you'd have told me, when we started this, that so we were going to cover a Bob Orton and Roddy Piper match in 2005. <laughs> I would call bluff on that. So. That's another thing with, with SmackDown and Raw during this time that we've touched on it. This yeah. year is huge, huge on relying on the legends dude. in in, in so many more ways that I think people have forgotten about. Because I forgot yeah. about this. Dude. Yeah, me too. You know, I remember Jake the Snake and, and Sensational Sherry coming out of WrestleMania mm-hmm. time. And I mean, I remember Cowboy Bob being a part of this storyline, right. but I don't remember Piper. I didn't remember Kamala. No. And all this other stuff, man. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy to see it. It is weird, man. Um, so anyway, yeah, um, Cowboy Bob says the most exciting time of his career was when he was mixing it up with Roddy, and he agrees with Randy that he did all the work, but Roddy got all the glory. So Piper comes out to the ring, and the Ordens are like, well, we'll just go ahead and beat you up now. And Piper gets in the ring, and he just pulls an old crow sting uh, move and just drops the steel pipe out of his sleeve, like Sting used to do with the old bat, and he just starts whacks Bob in the face with it. It's like, <laughs> just, just really gets out of hand quickly, man. He's shooting, brother. Yeah. 
and um, really got out of him, hit people with a lead pipe in the face, and uh, the Ortons retreat, and Piper's in, inviting them back into the ring. So they kind of uh, run away as Piper's laughing. So they just, uh, it really got out of hand, man. I don't, I don't know, Piper, but that's what you get when you mess with Roddy Piper. So, um, well, it's going to get even weirder because Josh Matthews, who um, is a massive tool, if we haven't reminded you yet, but he's going to interview Roddy backstage and Piper's going to go on a diatribe that is very hard to, <laughs> to recap, but I did, I did get some of it. It's uh it's fun, though. He's he's talking about how... Let me give you just a tad of history here. Let's just fall down the Orton tree of life. You know, it was a weeping willow. You know, Randy, I hate to burst your bubble like this, but you know your daddy, Bob Orton Jr.? He ain't the sharpest pencil in the box. I remember starting the pit, Piper's pit, and he'd walk around in a circle in front of the guy. $100, $100, and nobody... Back there, this stay Bobby. Stay says, Oh, you know, but but the light is bright in my eyes. Some Quaker came by that. Here's five bucks for your hat. I gave him that goofy hat there. I says, No, it's not in your eyes no more. Now I look, you know what? Oh, what? Mr. Piper, everybody keeps calling me junior, and I, I don't like it. Okay, I'll call you Ace. You happy now? Ace, no light in your eyes. Can I go? Slow? You want no slow? Bob Orton Jr. got his right arm broken. Had a cast on it for four years. It took to heal. A little slow. I'm wondering to myself, who's got the handicap? Which sounds like a, uh, I don't know, a Owen Hart type thing to me. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but anyway, he's going on and on about the match, and he said, and so later on, they um, the Ortons come out for their match against Piper, and lots of Randy Orton R.I.P. signs and, and headstones in the crowd, which you have talked about on this show before. Like, that's how you know if you're making an impact and you're getting over Because like you mentioned with the Luther Reigns match, we saw no Luther Reigns signs because nobody cared nope, about no that. No one gave a crap. Dillweed, yeah. But uh, this Randy Orton guy, is he's hes already a star, you know, in the making. He's already been the youngest champion, and he's further cementing his legacy as becoming an, a, the third big star of this year. So behind uh, Cena and, and Batista. So anyway... Uh, nice to see Piper coming out there, but he's got really pale little chicken legs, and uh, it's kind of rough to see. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, looks yeah. like my legs, for crying out loud. <laughs> it's, uh, looks like he's riding an ostrich, basically. So. Dude, like, remember when he came back in 03 at WrestleMania, yeah. and it was like, oh, man, he looks kind of rough, and yeah. he's having matches with <laughs> Sean O'Hare and stuff. It's like, ooh, wow, man, that, that was two yeah. years before this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, this is two years after that, so yeah, go figure how well he, how good he looks. So and yet he's only fifty one here, surprisingly. Yeah, he's fifty one, and I think Bob is fifty four. And just to put that into today's terms, uh, Triple H just turned fifty. So imagine if Triple H came out next year and his legs look like he's riding an ostrich. It's gonna go downhill <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah. And 54 would be Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker uh, currently. So both those guys are in better shape than Bob was here. Slightly better, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the thing is like Piper and Orton were never really like body guys or gym body guys, guys in yeah. the first place. And that was in the prime of their careers 20 years yeah. ago. <laughs> this is 20 years afterward. Oh, yeah. Hard and the eight, living. The 80s was hard living, man. 
cocaine and women, I guess, back then. So, like, uh, whatever was going on backstage. So, do you think when Triple H and Taker in their 70s, they're going to come out and that's when they'll be looking like this, having matches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, 50 is the new 30. So, okay. yeah. yeah. No, like, 70 the new 50. Yeah. I buy that. So, yeah, in 20 years, they'll look like this, old and decrepit, <laughs> wearing Western jeans. Taking Taker on uh, Randy yeah. Orton the fourth. Oh man, he's got like eleven kids with his wife. So there you go. Was, yeah, fourth generation like superstar. Six. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, who knows what those guys will look like and and when they're that age? But anyway, um, this match uh, goes on and uh, it's a handicap match and Bob tags in and uh, they're kind of getting over on Piper and like I said, Bob tags in and then the gong hits and the lights flash and Randy's freaking out and the lights continue and. It happens again, and the the you know the gong hits, and the lights flash again. And in this distraction, Roddy Piper is going to roll up Bob Orton for the three count. So <laughs> Bob Orton is zero and two here on SmackDown. Not looking great. So, not looking like a big threat heading in pay per view. So um, this time the bell's going to hit, but this time we're going to get the chanting and smoke and some druids come out with a Yokozuna size casket. Man, it's double D. Double wide, just like I like my Oreos, man. So, <laughs> bringing them out, and uh, I mean, there's no use for a single stuffed Oreo, in my opinion. Nah, man, more stuff the better, in my opinion. The, Ooh. whatever the mega stuff one. You like, like the mega? Bring on as much stuff as possible. Uh, there's like a super mega stuff now, man. They're out of control. Big, I want so. one where the whole sleeve is just one cookie at the end, <laughs> one cookie at the other end, and just stuff. It's cream in, in the, the middle. middle. Give me three the Oreos in the package. <laughs> <laughs> three sleeves. I can sell them like a, like a pog sleeve. Like, you, know, you can use all the pogs. Yeah, in. I just want all stuff in between two cookies. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of that Weird Al song. The, the white, white stuff, stuff baby. Yep. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Well, <laughs> oh, getting back to this. So uh, the Druids bring out that huge casket and Taker shows up on the Tron and he quotes Ursula from Little Mermaid with his poor, unfortunate souls. He says that um, he knows that they aren't afraid of caskets, but he dares them to look inside the casket. So which is a neat twist on the casket match because literally every casket match he's had, his opponent has suddenly been terrified of caskets. <laughs> so these two guys, he already knows going into it that they're not. So the Druids open the casket on, on cue there, and inside are some quote-unquote wax figurines of Bob and Randy Orton in their burial suits. So we mentioned in the past that Taker's very good at wax building, wax figurine. Casket he, building. Casket building. And he always will, like, dress them up in their burial suits. So, yeah. Man. Very good. Like, you just like Paul Bear would have, you he know. He learned a lot from Mr. Bear. That's right. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. So, uh, the bell hits again, and when the lights come up, Taker's actually behind the Ortons in the ring. Um, as they look at those mirror images of themselves that Cole says, so... They scurry out of the ring before Taker can lay a finger on him, though, and we get another close-up of the Ortons in the casket, and that's kind of how we finish, which kind of lame to <laughs> to end that way, in my opinion. So, But um, I don't know. How do you think we should have gone off the air there, or yeah. how we should have ended that? You know, it was... You know, because we'd already done the the images in the casket last week, yeah. and so it kind of been over relying on that. I thought, yeah, it kind of. It's the third with week in a row. Done yeah. something with it. Yeah. Just have Taker back at the studio, like 
making the double wide, double deep casket yes. with the blueprints, or just, I don't, or making the wax figures, see him sewing them yeah. together, or something like that, doing something different. But uh, also, just it just surprised me because Taker has been so ridiculously dominant during this yeah, feud. No. Randy got nothing on Taker in six mm. weeks, man. Didn't get one. They did not leave standing tall on one episode of SmackDown. So it just surprised me that uh, uh, to see that going into a pay per view. It's pretty rare. Get that, get that baby face heat, man. Go man. Ahead. <laughs> that's a, that's another very 2019 thing to do, you know. So get the baby face heat for the pay per view. So you want the heel heat for the pay per view, so the baby face gets a big win. But anyway, whatever. What well, do we know? Yeah. We're just go fans. Long-term storytelling here as we head to No Mercy 2005, October 9th, 2005 from Houston, Texas in the Toyota Center. And uh, I think, Travis, I feel like we say it more often than not that this is yeah. a show we have not seen before. No. Uh, add it to the list, man. Yeah, I know that I think that we've talked, we've both mentioned to each other that we've seen probably one match on this pay-per-view and that would be uh, Guerrero versus Batista because that's Eddie's final match but I think I've seen it on like his is, was it on his like Viva La Russia yeah, DVD on, or something like compilation or something it's on probably yeah. yeah so I've never actually seen this pay-per-view in and of itself and you know what I don't think many other people did <laughs> which is pretty much true of most SmackDown pay-per-views back then so yeah that is unfortunate this is Eddie's last ever pay-per-view appearance and we'll talk more about that next week and yeah uh, it'll come in the timeline when we talk about his untimely passing and you're right man this add it to the stack of of rough Smackdown pay-per-views from 04 and 05 but uh, at least we got this match to talk about Uh, it is given equal footing with that world championship match with Batista and Eddie Guerrero in the video package kind of booked Mm -hmm. as Double main event here, uh, and then uh, double deep, double wide main event. <laughs> gets a another long video package uh, before we get to the uh, match on the card, and oddly enough, it's going to be third from the top, which is going to play a huge factor <laughs> yeah. into how this match is received, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll save that. We won't spoil that match uh, just yet. We'll get to that at the end of this talk. So. Oh yeah, triple yeah. main unique, event. <laughs> <laughs> unique placement for this match, uh, as you know. Normally, it's fine. The championship match goes on last, but as you guys listen, we'll find out. Maybe this this should have called an audible here, but anyway, we'll see. But yeah, got Cole and Taz on commentary as we're accustomed to, and. Um, like you said, good video package re- recapping all the everything that's happened since Mania, and uh, the Orphans come out first for a change and the match against Taker, and uh, Randy's got his gear on, and Bob looks like he forgot he was in the match <laughs> tonight. <laughs> it's like he got to the arena and Vince is like, "Dad, come it, pal, where's your, where's your outfit?" And he's like, uh, "Duh, what?" Oh, like, shucks. Yeah, he's like. You're in the match now, you idiot. So, yeah, he's got his Wranglers on in a, a long sleeve Western shirt. Yeah. You know? He didn't even bother to cut the sleeves off. No. No, man. It's so. my, my good cowboy shirt. I can't cut the yeah. sleeves off this one. So, yeah, man. They just The contrast of styles there is, is <laughs> not lost on me. So. Well, you might look like 
uh, you might think he forgot how to wrestle in this match as well. That's what we'll <laughs> talk about. That. Oh man, this is going to be interesting. As uh, the Druids come out, bringing out the double deep dish casket to the ring, and as uh, Randy Ch- and Chicago style, <laughs> Chicago style. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> now that's WrestleMania next year. That's true. <laughs> Chicago <yeah>. style casket. <laughs> as, oh uh, man, yeah, 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 we'll save that for then. Uh, but Randy it's and only si- like three episodes away, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we're coming on <laughs> yeah. soon. Yeah. Uh, Randy and Sideshow Bob are in the ring watching along, and Undertaker has another great, just smoke-filled entrance. Great presence, great aura in the arena as he comes oh, yeah. out. The crowd is chanting for him, and both the Ortons are gonna come after Taker to get things started. And Taker handles them pretty easily, knocks them down, shoves them both into the corner on top of each other, and is just uh, handling things pretty easily to get things started. Yeah, it's uh, not hard for him to get one up on the Orton <laughs> as we've seen in the last six weeks. So, really good Taker chance coming out of Houston. Though again, he's uh, I mean he's from that area ish, you know, in Texas. So. A really good, really good, uh, always gets a really good reaction there. But, yeah, like you said, he's unloading on these guys and knee and an elbow on Randy in the corner. And he puts Bob in front of Randy in the corner. Like, he stacks them both on top of each other and starts punching Bob. And then Bob just, like, slips to the top and middle rope and falls into the, onto the casket. It's not open. Or it's not, yeah, it's not open yet. He falls around to the top of it. So, um, little tease there. I guess that's what you're going to get near falls in the casket matcher when they get close to the casket. So. Right. And you're going to get a lot of awkward slipping and falling from Cowboy Bob, too. That's his signature move in this matchup. As uh, Randy and, and Bob, they get in a few shots on Taker. As, again, we're going to get a lot of punching and kicking in this match as well, especially in the early parts of it. A lot of strikes, a lot of shots. The Ordens back Taker into a corner, and but Taker fights back. And asks for the casket to be opened up. Orton escapes, and Cowboy Bob just just looks terrible, man. Just flipping and flopping and flying all over the ring after every shot. Um, the uh, Ortons actually do get Taker into the ring and start to roll him into the casket and go to close the lid, but Taker fights his way out of it. So yeah, Taker prevents the lid from closing. Like you said, he punches both the guys here, and then he kicks and punches both of them as Cole just says what you and I are thinking, what everyone at home is thinking, and he goes, Look, Cowboy Bob Orton, he's having a hard time lifting his hands and uh, you know, defending himself. Well, he's not in ring shape, uh, for one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. You don't need to call that out. You think Vince told him that there's oh, headset? Oh, you like, know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, in 2019, oh, there's no chance in hell this guy would have a pay-per-view match or any oh, type of match. Wouldn't. No. He wouldn't pass the medical to get in there. Yeah, they didn't care back then. So, yeah, it's just he's not in ring shape. So, and you're just going to be super obvious coming up here soon. So, Taker starts working the shoulder of Randy and he hits old school and he starts booting Bob and hits the old move that you and I are loving nowadays, the PTO. That's right. Hits that to Randy Orton and then uh, starts working Bob's shoulder and goes for old school on him to see if he can get that. But Randy's got a different idea in mind. He does. He's going to pull Undertaker down, uh, crotches him on the turnbuckle there, and, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
you know, back in the day, Cowboy Bob, his finisher was the superplex. He was an innovator of that move. You got to give him credit for that. Sure. And so I'm sure when they were working this match out, the Ortons came up with this idea. We're going we're gonna to try to relive history, go for this double superplex spot on The Undertaker. So they get Taker up on the top rope, and the Ortons get together on in the corner on the second rope and they hop on the struggle bus man they're having it cowboys got the jimmy legs <laughs> i was terrified watching this yes. um they well, kind of is literally laughing out loud at this like it's awful they're burying this poor old man Oh man, it is not 1987 anymore, but no. somehow, by the grace of God, and with a lot of help from Undertaker, as you just <laughs> see him basically backflip himself, <laughs> do a swanton bomb off the rope <laughs> with them assisting him, they pull off this double superplex spot and uh, flip Undertaker halfway across the ring, and it, it is something to behold, man. It's impressive in the fact that Bob didn't burst like a, you know... <laughs> drop like lego set or something like he didn't splinter into a thousand pieces after that <laughs> well his brain might have because he turns around and goes for a cover on that undertaker in a casket match just uh, like know, our boy heidenreich taking a page out of heidenreich's book which is oh, he's reading heidenreich's poetry i guess maybe so, so yeah and uh yeah don't do that don't do that and uh, i think it's uh, Charles Robinson's one of the rest on the outside and he like waves him off like no no like roll him this way so the refs open the casket, and uh, the Ortons are going to try to suplex him again over the top rope. And Taker's going to reverse that into double DDTs, which gets a good pop. And he sits up, throws Bob into the casket, probably for a breather. <laughs> Bob is like, <laughs> knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's door right now. <laughs> so he's sucking wind. He's getting ready for that like, dirt nap, man. Yeah, oh yeah, he wishes he was taking a dirt nap. So, Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, as man. sloppy as everything has been, like you said, the crowd pops. They're into yeah. it. Man, they're yeah. just they're here for Undertaker. They're here for this casket match. Um, they're into the cheesiness of it all. But mm-hmm. uh, Taker goes for a tombstone on Randy, but Randy gets out. Taker clotheslines him down, and Randy spins him around and, and hits his weird little signature neckbreaker deal. And uh, Cowboy Bob, meanwhile, after being in the casket, he's escaped, and... He has found a fire extinguisher on the outside, and he's trying to lug it around the ringside. And I picked up my phone and called 911 in 2019 because I thought he was dying. He looks, he looks rough. He looks so bad. Someone get him the an camera, inhaler, man. The camera like closes up on him and then immediately cuts away because you can just see how out of shape he is, man. You can see how bad he looks, man. It's awful. Oh, it's so bad. They should not have done that superplex in yeah, hindsight. In like, hindsight. Because right then, like from then on, the match changes as far as Bob's physicality and his involvement. Because he is just, I mean, he's out, dude. That was his one spot. That's all he had. <laughs> yeah. That's all he had to so. It should have said for the end, not the middle. So. Perhaps. Uh, anyway, well, on the outside, Taker posts Randy's back into the ring post and starts hitting Randy off the casket with his head and then boots Bob. And, again, he's just having no trouble against these two. And then um, takes a chair and nails Randy in the back with it that knocks 
Randy so hard he flops upwards into the casket, so <laughs> defying all senses of gravity and physics. <laughs> well, Undertaker's next move is going to kind of defy gravity yes. and physics as well because he, yes. he, he Undertaker is. <laughs> It's a struggle to explain. Yeah, he's like laying on the apron, and Cowboy Bob's standing on the floor, and Undertaker wraps him in a triangle choke, and then basically uses his leverage to flip Cowboy Bob off the floor into the casket somehow. I don't. It, it happened. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain how it happened, but it mm-hmm. happened, man. Every time Undertaker does the triangle, it's super awkward. But and this is <laughs> the most awkward thing I've seen. But the uh, crowd goes into the classic rest in peace chant. Oh, yeah. Paul Bear's spirit is alive, even though he's not dead yet at this point. But um, He's still, st- he's still in concrete. Storyline dead. <laughs> uh, it, uh, but Taker has both Ortons in the casket, but he takes way too long to close the lid, and Randy is able to fight back and fight up out of there. And Randy drags Taker into the casket, and now we've got all three guys in the casket at this point. Yeah, and Randy and Taker are like standing on top of Bob, man. Like they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're just standing on him, but he probably doesn't care because he's getting a breather. So um, Taker tosses Randy out of the casket and then closes the lid on Bob. And so here's where it gets a little wonky because mm-hmm. Cole and Taz say at this point that. Bob is officially in the casket now. Like he's he's been put in there, and the the lid has been closed on him. So, does that mean it's like a one on one match now? Is he eliminated? Is it a casket elimination handicap match? We don't really know. So, does all Taker have to do is put Randy in and close it, or what? Like we don't really know, and I don't think they really know either as the match progresses. But I don't know. One of those weird things. Yeah, it's like a weird. When they have a tag team cage match, that's always kind of confusing when one guy goes out and and then you're left kind of like in a handicap match. It doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense. And like, I remember the Hardys doing that with the Dudleys and Matt Hardy got out first. I'm like, why would you leave your brother in there with the Dudleys by yourself? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but then they can climb back in. Back sort in, of, yeah. And yeah. That didn't make sense for this match either. Uh, but there it is. I mean, that's why there's only this is the first one. They didn't know how to how to do it. So. <laughs> they didn't do any more after this. I don't think. Yeah. Well, Randy hits that, that patented power slam he's got, and after that, and then he looks in the casket and he's like shocked to see his dad in there. Like, oh, like he didn't know he's in there. So, Taker then comes up behind him and hits a humongous Death Valley blow to Randy Orton. So just to get him back, because I think Bob hit one on him earlier. So he did. And yeah, uh, yeah he takes. Or excuse me, Randy falls to his back and Taker's just punching him and kicking him and um, starts booting him and uh, yeah, that's, the match is going to go on from there apparently. So. <laughs> the Not over is, yet. The crowd's chanting "Rest in peace" again, uh, trying to get Taker hyped up, and uh, Randy cuts Taker off with a drop kick, uh, but then he foolishly poses in the corner, and while Taker is in the corner and. Taker does what he does in those moments. He goes for the last ride, but Randy mm-hmm. actually escapes and wriggles out of it. And then Undertaker turns him right back around and hits the last ride anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a really <laughs> stupid spot. <laughs> you think Taker's like, no, we're doing it. Like, you're <laughs> you're taking it, to. brother. Yeah. So, yeah, but he hits the last ride on him, which that move, that move the more I see it, the more it looks so 
painful. Oh yeah, he slams you down, <laughs> but knocks the wind out of you. Yeah, well, um, he hits a throat slash and then slowly pulls Randy up and slowly because I think they're waiting for what's going to happen next with Bob because they're just kind of stalling. But again, Cowboy Bob is like on death's doorstep, man. He's <laughs> sucking wind and take your. Uh, is going to get. Randy up for a tombstone over the top rope and Bob pops out of the casket and uses the fire extinguisher he had earlier to blind the Undertaker. He shoots it in his face. The fire extinguisher. Right. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, And he's doing what he can to not make this a literal casket match for himself. Right. He's dying out there. But Randy hits the uh, RKO and Bob drags Taker to the casket but Taker sits up, another near fall here, and he starts choking Bob. And then Randy slams Undertaker with the fire extinguisher, finally, to close the lid. But Taker gets up again and grabs Randy mm-hmm. and drags him into the casket. And then it gets kind of confusing and weird again as Cowboy Bob comes back over and slams the lid shut on both of them. So Cowboy Bob's been eliminated. And now Randy and Undertaker have both been shut in the casket. Who should win? Shouldn't this be the end of the match? This should somehow? be a draw or a DQ. Something. But you can't have a DQ in a casket match. Like, you can't have one in a Hell in a Cell, can you? Uh, yeah, anyway. that would never work. That would make, yeah. No one would buy that. That who, wouldn't make any who sense. Who would do that? No. That's yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard that? of. Yeah, well, but in all seriousness, so yeah, there's there's confusion. The refs are confused, Bob's confused, and like I'm confused because the casket's shaking like a, like the Laffy Taffy, I guess. So it's shaking around, <laughs> shaking around. Teddy Long's <laughs> dancing on the outside. Yeah, and it pops open, and Taker uh, pops up and goozles Randy, but then Cowboy Bob's gonna grab Taker by the hair in just a cheap heel move and. Randy reaches out and grabs a chair and hits Taker with it, and Taker collapses into the um, gasket. Randy's going to shut the lid, and the Ortons officially win the match at 19 minutes and 16 seconds. So, guess he wasn't eliminated. <laughs> I guess, guess it's just like it's like an offsetting penalty in football. Mm, you know, that makes sense. I guess, yeah, like, that's a good way to explain it. So, yeah. Yeah, Randy does pick up the win here, or the Orton family does pick up the win there. So Cowboy Bob Orton has a win over The Undertaker in history. Uh, But after all of their defeats on the road to the pay-per-view, they do get the big win here as they pose and celebrate. And uh, that doesn't satisfy them, though. No, there's more to come. So they immediately hop on the uh, on the casket and, and padlock it. They don't want Taker getting out at all. So, sure. Um, I don't know if they had padlocks in their trunks or if they were already on. I don't know where they got them from, but they padlock it down, master lock it down, and then um, and they can barely wheel this giant casket up to the top of the ramp. As Michael Cole says, that this is the biggest win of Randy Orton's career, which I was like, I, I get it, but what about the world title? Like, that was a pretty big <laughs> win. He's the youngest world champion, and he flaunts about it all the time. So, Well, Michael but, Cole, he couldn't remember who Randy Orton beat for that title. You know? He just remembers he had a singles match yeah. at SummerSlam last year. <laughs> yeah. he, beat, he beat nobody, so, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a much bigger name. <laughs> he beat in abeyance. So. <laughs> <laughs> Vacant. Anyway, well, I tell you what, you know, I talked about earlier how when Piper had that pole, it really escalated quickly. Well, Cowboy Bob's going to take that and raise it another level because he's going to go to the backstage and bring out 
an axe. Oh yeah. Just start Yikes. hacking away at this casket, or his son Randy does, and Randy's yelling at the casket, saying he's gonna put Undertaker back where he came from. And Cowboy Bob heads to the back again, brings out some gasoline to really get this party started, and Randy pours the gasoline all over the casket as Cole and Taz wonder the same thing I'm wondering, why no one is coming out to stop this. (laughs) Randy is attempting to murder one of the top superstars on SmackDown. Yeah, Uh, where are those roadies that drove the U-Haul? They guys can come out and help out here. Where is anyone? (laughs) Yeah, where's Rey Mysterio? Where are the police? Batista. (laughs) Where are the dicks? Why are they not out here? Uh, oh, they're the ones doing the axe hitting and the <laughs> and the pour, burning that gasoline. Oh, I'm talking about the tag team. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, anyway, of course, this is obviously very reminiscent, literally the same thing as Royal Rumble yeah. 1998 that Kane did to the Undertaker. But you know, it's been seven years at this point, so I guess seven it's and a half. Yeah, yeah, to to steal it there. But Vince forgot. Oh, no, 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 no. I think seven years is enough time. Okay. He thinks the fans forgot. Okay. Probably it. But the uh, the whole gasoline can goes on the casket, and Cowboy Bob hands Randy a lighter, and he sets this casket ablaze. Set it off. I'm going to set it off. Burn that gasoline. That's two audio slave references right there. So Love it. Yeah, man. That's he, 2005, yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Second album, I think, came out in 05. So, yeah. Anyway, Casket goes up in flames and a blaze of glory, a whole area around it. Randy looks on as the flames are engulfing the Casket. And a lot of booze for this, but not as big of a reaction as I thought that w- there would be. Because I knew what was coming. Um, I, I, it really wasn't as, I don't know, maybe just, I don't know if the bloom's off the rose with the whole burning people alive thing at this point or not, but. Because in, like, 98, that was a big deal, you know? But, yeah, but even then, I don't think the crowd really reacted to that one much either. Because right. it's Maybe just, not. like, what do you... It's just shock. Like, right. You, you escalated this feud from trying to pin somebody, trying to lock them in a casket, to, to setting yeah. them ablaze. Incinerate them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, really getting out of hand. Yeah. So. Finally, though, finally some fire extinguishers come out there and try to save the undertaker's life uh you know thank goodness yeah and, and one cool thing that they missed at first when they get in a replay is randy orton uh doing the throat slash as the flames are going up and he's like rest in peace you son of a blankety blank but uh you know it's just really cool to see that you know he's still into it and getting into the character and stuff so but uh, and then we see we cut to the crowd to see this female creature of the night and she is so upset Maybe maybe she was just aghast. Maybe that's why there's no reaction because she's just upset. I mean, this girl was like in tears, man. I mean, we just witnessed our hero, the phenom, burned to his death right here. As uh, you know, Cole and Taz talking in serious voices somberly about yeah. what they'd just seen here, and you know how can they move on from that? But uh, you know, the show must go on, Travis, as uh, we get one of our second main events right here. Yeah, so yeah, like you said Cole and Taz are talking so somberly and show must go on, so what better way to lighten the mood than <laughs> some lawnmowers starting and the Mexicals are going to enter. Oh my goodness, dude. 
like this does not need to be on the same planet with this. You you can't have someone lit on fire and then have psychosis right out on a Mexico <laughs> lawnmower, man. Well, thankfully they cleaned up the crime scene before those guys could come out and drive their motorcycle. Or, I mean their their lawnmowers over it. Yeah, thankfully, they yeah. didn't need the police there to clean up the crime scene or you know look for evidence or anything. We got all the evidence. We witnessed yeah, the crime. It's on tape. Yeah. <laughs> there. Oh man! Like, how do you continue the show? After right. that? Like at Royal Rumble '98, when we saw this happen the first time, that happened at the end of the show. That was the last thing before the show exactly. went off the air. Uh, and then there was like a Coliseum video exclusive as they opened the casket up, and we saw oh Undertaker mm-hmm. escaped here. So there's at least some sort of mystery there, but nope. We're just going to keep the show rolling with the Cruiserweight title match here. Let's yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because they did the same thing when Owen Hart died. They just got the show going, so why not? When Undertaker dies, we'll just keep the show going. <laughs> not that different. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, maybe it's because he's already dead, so they just think, like, yeah, you can't no big deal. re-dead him, so whatever. But, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you got the Mexico match, and then you got Batista and Eddie after that too. It's I just mean, like so weird, but um, you know this you match, can't take it seriously with that. Yeah, I know you can't, and I wouldn't recommend this match as individually. You go and seek it out, but if you want to watch the story being told in 2005, I definitely recommend it. You know, we've had what WrestleMania, the SummerSlam, a match on the singles match on SmackDown. Right, okay. don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. And then we got this, and then we're going to continue that even next week here. Um, so I definitely would recommend it in the whole story, you know? by you? I would say the same thing, and we'll finish it out next week. Uh, this quadrilogy, or quintilogy maybe, if you count that SmackDown match with, with Randy Orton and The Undertaker here. It's It's been really cool. I've actually enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I had. Me too. Seeing this movie play out it's like mm-hmm. this horror movie it's like a uh a friday the 13th series or a nightmare on elm street series going on saw series all the different parts to it all the different matches uh none of them have really jumped out to me um maybe the wrestlemania match probably the best one of the series yeah so far it's my favorite yeah. but as a whole and then with all the build-up we've seen which you don't have to go out and watch all that you can get most of that from the video packages before the matches sure. but yeah this has been kind of cool to see where each match plays into each other uh and each match does and that's what's been great um seeing randy orton come into his own seeing taker carry him through this and build this very unique story uh, throughout the way. Uh, so I would recommend it in that same way. And we will close it out next week. We'll close out the year 2005 in the Antigua's career, and we'll close out this feud as it goes to the only place it can, all the way to hell. Hell in a cell with The Undertaker and Randy Orton. And boy, it's going to take quite the trip there. (laughs) Just some wild moments. Very memorable moments. In time for Halloween, almost. Just in time (laughs) for that. Spooky. Some true Halloween havoc as we close out this series. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Um... But before we get there, uh, we want to hear your thoughts on this match. So hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Talking Taker. You know where to reach us on there. And uh, I will say that 
at EvanJohn97 said he saw this match on the Undertaker's Deadliest Matches DVD. I guess that came out after the Tombstone DVD. And yeah. says, uh, I don't know, after Randy lit the casket on fire with Taker still inside, I'll never know how he was able to come back a month later. <laughs> you can't kill what is already dead, Evan. Exactly. And uh, a little spoiler alert there. Obviously, he is going to come back. And I will explain all that, his appearance at Survivor Series. We'll talk about the uh, the death of Eddie Guerrero as well and our uh, our memories of that. Uh, it'll be a jam-packed episode as we close out 2005 uh, in two weeks. Excuse me, I'll say that in two weeks because, uh, you know, uh, we, after two-plus years of doing this show... Uh, we finally hit a roadblock, man. We, uh, full disclosure, we already recorded a version of this episode last week. We were trying to get ahead, and I blew it. I deleted the file accidentally, so we were supposed to record that Armageddon episode tonight. We are supposed to have it ready for you. Uh, Travis is going out of town, but... Uh, it got lost to time. We have one other episode happened with us uh, where that happened. So two out of a hundred something episodes got screwed up. Uh, not too bad, but unfortunately, that is going to mean that next Friday we will not hit you with a new episode. It's going to be two weeks until we get to that Armageddon 05 episode. So be patient with us. Go back to the archives. Uh, maybe I'll give you plenty of time to watch all the build up to Armageddon. Um, go listen to some of your other favorite episodes. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with something to just throw on the feed. Uh, I'll, who knows? But uh, we will not have the Armageddon episode for two weeks. It's all good. We might can make it work. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> if something changes, I'll edit that out and we'll figure something out. But uh, as for now, enjoy this episode. I, I don't know. Maybe go listen to another podcast. Maybe go listen to the uh, Max Wrestling Podcast or the Downturn Podcast or go watch Watch Along Wrestling on YouTube or go listen to our buddies at the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. They just hit what? a milestone. I said the Bottom Line Podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They just hit a milestone with their 50th episode. And it is right in the midst of the, uh, I believe they're doing the Greater Power storyline and Ooh. Stone Cold becoming the CEO of WWE, all that fun stuff wow. on there. Great so, stuff. Yeah, Great yeah. stuff. Go check those go, guys out. Go check out the uh, Goldberg Chronicle and Network that just came out after Raw this week. Um, it's got him talking about his match with Taker. There's not a lot about after the fact. But you could tell that he wanted to redeem himself. Like I wish it had the camera behind, like gorilla position when he came back too. Because um, it, it, I tell you what, the way they edit the match makes it look like it was very good. At, was that <laughs> was that um greatest full rumble or whatever? No, it, what's it called? Super Showdown. Crown Jew? Oh, Super yeah. Showdown. Yeah, Super Showdown back in June or whatever. Um, but he talks about Goldberg talks about that and has him been taken on there and um, talks a little bit about that match and kind of the the bad taste that left in his mouth afterward and how he had to redeem himself against Dolph Ziggler two months later. So, But anyway, like I said, it doesn't get as in-depth as I hoped it would, but you can see that how how important it was for him to have that match with Taker. He's like, basically, he's like, I don't care if it was 20, 20 years too late or people want to say what they will. He's like, if I get a phone call that says we wrestle Undertaker, yes is the answer. <laughs> so, you know, it just goes to show you um, 
Goldberg, who's not a guy who believes this this business, you know, I mean, he's he's given more back to it recently than he did back in the day, but he even knows what it means to be in the ring with the female, yeah. you know, like and it's just it's cool to see that um, him given uh, that praise by someone, you know, a Hall of Famer like Bill Goldberg. So um, it was it was cool to watch. I watched it right before we, uh, well, actually it was earlier this afternoon. So pretty good stuff. Very cool. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. Uh, Pretty and, cool. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can check out tpublic.com. Pick up the uh, any of our Talking Taker t-shirts, take a easy design, King of Gong style out there. Get you a sweatshirt, a hoodie, long sleeve tee, a mug to put your hot chocolate in to warm up as the weather is finally starting to cool down. Oh, yeah. And you can also support us by going to stitcher.com slash premium, entering the code TALKINGTAKER. And you get something awesome out of that. You get a month of ad-free podcasts, an exclusive podcast you can only hear on Stitcher Premium. Uh, use our code TALKINGTAKER over there. Uh, you can, of course, listen to our podcast on Stitcher as well as uh, all the other great podcasts and services out there. If you don't mind, leave us a review and a rating. And don't get too mad at us if you don't see an episode in your feed next week. Uh, but we'll try and pull something together, even if it's not Armageddon 2005. But that will be our next pay-per-view that we cover. And, uh, yeah, man, that's that's what we got for tonight. Absolutely. If you were there at Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, let us know. Uh, why'd you buy a ticket for that show? <laughs> well, in all seriousness, though, like, tell us your thoughts about Guerrero's, you know, seeing Eddie's final match. You know, you didn't know it was going to be that time, but... We'll cover it um, on our Armageddon uh, pay-per-view episode. So tell us what your thoughts were about you know seeing that in hindsight. Um, and what you remember about this match. If you, did you notice from the stands that Cowboy Bob was about to kill over and croak <laughs> or not? Uh, anyway, but yeah, let us know what you thought about it. And let us know what you think about this match in particular and how it's a, you know, a part of the whole, a part of the story. So other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take yourself a dirt nap in the casket. Double deep, double wide, and we'll see you later, and take her easy. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They weren't kidding when they called me well or rich. But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways. Repentance in the light and made a switch. Yes. And I fortunately know a little magic. It's a talent that I always have possessed. And dear lady, please don't laugh. I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely, and depressed. Pathetic. Poor unfortunate souls. In pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner. That one wants to get the girl. And do I help them? Yes, indeed. Those poor unfortunate souls. So sad. So true. They come flocking to my cauldron, crying spells, Ursula, please, and I help them. Yes, I do.